Good morning. Shall we please pray? Let's ask for the Holy Spirit's help as we come together. Saying, Lord, please give us understanding. Help us to receive your word in the name of Jesus. Shall we please pray? Father, we ask for help. Spirit of the God, we are asking for help. As we gather, we pray. As your word is coming, we are asking for help. Please open up our hearts. Please cause your word to increase. Let your word come with power in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Please, Lord, be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, we are going to look at a, a model church. Something that we as Redeemer and all of Christ's churches should aspire to. We are told that the people you have around can affect even sometimes your aspiration in life. So if all your friends, all your friends, pardon me, if all your friends are divorced, it can affect your view of marriage. Because that is what you are seeing. That is what you are hearing. Conversations about it would be about a man, yet you can't trust women. Men are no pillows, obviously, that you put your head on. So it can affect your vision. A model before you can affect your aspiration. God is gracious to us, He has given us a model for His church. Something we should look at and aim towards. We should look at and aspire to. Our passage from verse 40, we are told that, and with many other words, remember the context, Peter has preached. He explained the event of Pentecost. When the people saw it, they knew it. That these people, is, is, um, I don't know if Alomo can booze you, it's alomo, it's ginseng, it's some beer, it's alcoholic beverage. That's what that we are sure. These people are drunk. That is why they are speaking gibberish. And Peter says, let me explain. And then, speaking, defending themselves against the charge of alcohol, he speaks about the gospel. And people are brought to conviction. And they repent. But his sermon doesn't end. It says, 40... And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. And what he says is quite interesting. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Verse 41. And this actually will give us a definition of a church, who a church is. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about three thousand were added to their number that day. Timid Peter, fearful Peter, a young girl destabilized him. But today his words bring three thousand people. Most of them were mocking. They were added to the church. He says, "Save yourselves." From this corrupt generation, it gives us an idea of what the church is. The church, in fact, is also a new generation. 
there's a corrupt generation, you're supposed to move out from this generation. The church is a new generation, a new culture, a new people. And from verse 42 to 47, we have characteristics of this new generation. What does a spirit-filled church look like? And there are a lot of things there, but we'll put it under three main things. We'll look at their relationship to God, their relationship to one another, their relationship to the world. Their worship, their fellowship, and their mission. The church. Their relationship to God, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. These people whom the Holy Spirit has miraculously brought into the church, the witness Pentecost, the first sign, the first characteristics, the first trait of a model church is that they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. Remember what we read in verse 40, no, verse 41. They accepted the message. And in verse 42, they continued in the message. They, con they devoted themselves, they gave themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles were people who had been specifically chosen by God. And their words to the church was the words of God. They, what they said was not just mere opinion. What they said was what God says. So they were devoting themselves to the message about Jesus, to the word of God. They devoted themselves to this. Brothers and sisters, this is what Luke points out first about the church. They were a word-oriented church. There are some places when you go, they devote themselves to the acquaintance of the prophet. They go to get some potion somebody will give them. They go to get some oil that they can pour in their bath so that they will wash themselves. They go to get some cream that they will apply on themselves. They go for the man of God to pray over their handkerchiefs so that they can be using to wipe their face. They go to get a sticker so that they can put in their hair before they go to bed. That is the dangerous church. They devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles. They became a learning community. In our time, usually, we think that to be spirit-filled means to have less of the word. To be spirit-filled, perhaps, jerks their tongues and maybe their praying and the other things. 
you know, doing some miraculous things amongst us. But here we see the first trait of a spirit-filled church is that they became a learning community. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We don't have the apostles with us. Paul, at this time Paul was not there. Peter and all the others, they are dead and gone. But we have a record of their testimony in scripture. And there's, so in the scriptures, there's no difference between the words they spoke and the letters they wrote. The authority does not diminish. In fact, there's no difference between the word God spoke to the people at Mount Sinai. They're listening. And now the words that Moses recorded and then became part of scripture. There is no diminishing in authority. So if we are also going to be an apostolic church, we don't have to change our name. We have to do what they did. Devote ourselves to scripture. We have to learn. We have to give ourselves to the Bible. So if you are complaining that, oh, this church, when you come, there's Bible study, Bible study, then maybe you are in the wrong place. It's not a church you want. It's something else. But if it's a church you want, according to scriptures, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. A church is a learning community. God has spoken. God has revealed himself. God has told us his mind. And it has been written so it is the permanent record. It will never change. I don't know any, if you want any new thing from God. Any new word. God has given us a permanent record that will never change. And he wants us to devote ourselves to it to hear his voice. When you come to the Bible, it is the same as when God was speaking mouth to mouth with Moses. It is the same. Their first trait, they devoted themselves. 42 also tells us, and to prayer. And to prayer. So we are looking at their relationship to God. To the word and prayer. A spirit-filled church is a prayerful church. It's a prayerful church. They listened to God. They also spoke to God. That is what God wants his church to be. So a church should, every church should look like a prayer ministry. A lot of praying. A lot of praying. Do you know that if we announce that next week Friday we are bringing a prophet... Do you know that you'll be less busy? I know you have been busy. I know you have been busy. That is why you've not been, been able to come, I understand. But if we announce that we are bringing a prophet, I'm not talking about somebody who is, who is a, a, quack, a credible person, a credible prophet. All your business will go. 
you are not devoting yourself to prayer. You are devoting yourself to what? A prophet. The church of God devoted themselves to the word and to prayer. By all means, those gifts, important. Who, who doesn't want prophetic word? Hey, me, I want. But, but, there's priority. They devoted themselves to prayer. This is what they did, and that is a model for us all. So as you are thinking about your church life, now this is also a, check, a checklist for you. Are you being, are you helping to build a model church? They were also a worshiping church. Verse, so we see in verse 42, to the breaking of bread, talking about the communion, let's look at verse 42. Six also. They broke bread in their homes. It's also talking about the communion. Verse 47, they were praising God. This was a worshiping church. So their relationship to God, they had an upward relationship to God. Listening to his word, praying, participating in the Lord's Supper, praising God. This is church. Secondly, let's notice their relationship with one another. They had fellowship with one another. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Verse 44. All the believers were together. That speaks of their unity. And they had everything in common. That points to their generosity. Verse 45 tells us how they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They had fellowship with one another. The idea of fellowship is the idea of sharing. Yes, they all participated in God. They shared in God, but they also shared with others what they had. There was unity there. There was generosity. It says that they sold their possessions and gave to anyone who had need. This raises an important question. If we say it's a model church, does that mean that the expectation is that we all sell everything and bring it to me? <laughs> okay, bring it to the church. And so that we, we, we distribute equally. Is it talking about communism? No right to private property. What do you think? That is what we are told they did. But let's even look at the contest itself. Verse 46. Where were they meeting? They, bo they broke bread in where? Their homes. So some still had homes. So it's making the point that this selling of possession was not something compulsory that was laid for them. That now that you have believed in Jesus and you want to become part of this new generation, this is the criteria. Sell everything and come. In fact, Jesus told some people that, a rich man that, but realized that that is not something he told everybody to do. In his case, he was pointing to something in his heart. And later on in Acts chapter 5, 
Ananias and Sapphira. Listen to what Peter told Ananias, verse 4. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Do you see? It says the land, it was yours. It's yours. You decide what you want to do. Even after selling the money, you decide what to do. But what you could not do is to come and lie. The land was yours. The money was yours. But the truth has to be told. So in this case, that was the problem. So what we are saying here is that the Bible is not endorsing communism. Telling us that we all have to sell everything and bring your possession. But there is an important principle that it is teaching us. What is it? Generosity. To anyone who had need. They gave. Among them, they made sure that there wasn't somebody who was so impoverished that the person couldn't live well. They had an eye for people. Needs ought to be met. Brothers and sisters, a model church is a generous church. It's a generous church. And for us, if we will be a model church, this is the path that we should be going towards. Generosity amongst us. Yes, this generosity is sometimes abused. There are some people, if they know that a church has a scheme, say, for education, some will even forge invoices and bring it to church. There will be people who would always abuse the generosity of others in the church. If they know that perhaps you gave some amount of money to somebody else, oh, okay. He has money. So then, anything they want. Some can abuse, but the abuse shouldn't stop what we see here. There's generosity. I don't know if I've told you a story of a church that was, I was in. There was this scheme of bringing monies together and helping people. I've forgotten the name of the scheme. So people bring in money, and then if you, ha- if you have need, you just come and you borrow, and then they, I think there was no interest, and then you pay. Do you know what people began to think? They said, after all, we give offertory in church. So if I go and take, <laughs> if I go and take my own offertory, <laughs> why should I bring it back? And this scheme, which could have helped people, established people in businesses, helped people in their education, collapsed. For years, when you, when you go to church, there was a board there, people who were owing. <laughs> and they know, church, if you owe church, what will church do? You tell me, what will church do? Go and call police, sack you. Ashegu. <laughs> the scheme, and the church, over, I think over 20 years now, has never dreamed of starting anything like that again. People abuse it. But yet, still, that cannot be justification 
for refusing to be generous. We have to grow in our generosity together. If there's a need, we should all rush and come together and meet the need. It shouldn't be that we are all here and somebody needs like 2,000 CDs to pay school fees and can't have it. And because of that, the person stays home. Because of school fees. Look at the amount of money we spend each month. New clothes, like how I'm dressed. So can't I sacrifice one cup time? <laughs> Please. There's no excuse for people to be impoverished in our midst. If we come together, we can meet every need. If we come together. So like this early church, we all have to understand, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. We all have to understand that it is more blessed to give than to receive. We all have to understand that there is one who gives freely, yet gains more. There is another who withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Proverbs 11, 24, 25. This is the vision we should have. Radical generosity. And this kind of lifestyle would definitely have an impact around. Their impact on the world. Verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I like the emphasis of this verse. Who is doing the action? The Lord. The Lord was adding to their number. It's, these are the people I can afford to bring in new children into. This is the place I can bring new people into. The Lord was adding to their numbers. But how do you think this happened? How did the Lord add to their numbers? That people were in their rooms and the Holy Spirit just fell upon them? No. How did this 3,000 people, how were they added to the numbers? Through the witness of Peter. So it's implied here. Through the witness of the church, God added to their numbers. Those who were being saved. God didn't save without adding. God didn't add without saving. Those who were saved were added, were brought into a family. Come and join the church. Come and join the body. You are, if you are joined to Christ, you are also joined to other believers. And here, I think an implied point through the witness of the church, we saw a growth and expansion. They were an outward church. And that is the, the focus of the book of Acts. How the gospel expands from Jerusalem ending in Rome. On and on and on. Through the witness of the church, God was adding 
This is a model church. Their worship of God, their fellowship with others, and also their mission to the world. And God blessed the church. So this is the kind of thing you have to desire for Redeemer. That this is the kind of church we ought to be. By all means, praise God, we'll put our structures. Thinking of getting a piece of land, we'll do all those things. But we realize that here, that's not the emphasis. It's not the facilities of the church. It talks about their relationship to God, to one another, and to the world. This should be what you'll be desiring about Redeemer. Pray to God for. So if you, sometimes you, you are praying and you say, I don't know how to pray for the church, please. Today you have three prayer topics. And these are prayer topics for life. Pray for the church. It's not that you want to be able to, one day as you are driving with friends, you see this nice building, aha, uh-huh, that's my church. You know, you see that building. My ch- you come and see our facilities. We praise God. We have to excel in all things. But that is not what re- causes the heart of God to rejoice. Facilities, have you gone to those Secular facilities before. How much they invest? No. It is in people. Our relationship to God, our relationship with one another, and our relationship to the world. May God make Redeemer be patterned after this model church. May we not settle for less. May we not be swayed by what is popular. May we stick to the model God has given to us. As long as God keeps us, may this be the path that we take. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we pray? Shall we pray?